Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 Dollar, dollar. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast presented by the Whole Nine Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Hernishan, lead Big Ten draft writer at Whole Nine Sports. Joined, as always, by my co-worker, my colleague, my friend, Devin, the verified Jackson. Devin, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Dude, I'm uh, I'm excited. I uh, I just got a, uh, a big group project off my... Uh, off my chest, fifty percent of my mark has been has been handed in now from this assignment. Uh, basically, if I get uh, like seventy on this, I'm pretty much guaranteed to be finishing in the seventies in this class. Uh, you know, which in Canada is a is a B. Uh, we we grade differently, um, but that'll be my last class, and then I get that nice piece of paper. I'm also testing out a new mic. Um, you know, I, I've noticed that both of us have been having some sound issues. Uh, I figured it was the best opportunity to try to try something, so I'm testing out the new mic. Uh, I've got an actual portable mic instead of using the built-in headphone one, so hopefully that takes some of the issues away. We're still working on some of the kinks. You know, we have really only, this is episode seven. Um, but you know, again, I'm really hoping that this is a, the step in the right direction as we, uh, as we get going and, you know, as we progress towards the point where maybe we can actually get guests on here. Um, but, you know, Devin, it wouldn't be an episode of The Big Shot if we didn't start with my weekly rant, right? That is correct. All right. So, I I work for Starbucks. And Starbucks, uh, recently, this past week, came out uh, with the holiday line, which I'm fine with. I have no issue with that. I have a bit of an issue with it being this early in the damn year. Uh even though our Thanksgiving was back in, in October here in Canada, I still have a strict policy of no Christmas stuff till after American Thanksgiving. It's the least you could do. So I have a bit of a problem with it being that early in the year. So hearing, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on, like, November 8th is a little bit annoying, if you know what I mean. Uh, but, like, you know, I'm out at the mall, and it's, it's spread everywhere. There's a woman in a shop dressed up full like reindeer costumes of merry christmas it's november 10th like <laughs> i still got several weeks to go but my big rant is as much as as a marketing guy i mean because that's what i'm in school for it's what i want to do big picture the amount of pardon my language bitching people do when the potential for free stuff comes into play is so irritating my location got a hundred of the Starbucks red cups, the, the the Christmas cups. You got one of the handcrafted drinks, you got a cup on the first day. The first hundred people. Them's the rules. When you don't have a hundred and one, it's a hundred. You miss it, too damn bad. I worked that day. I worked the, the latter half of the day. I worked from like two o'clock to ten or whatever it was. We're having people come through in the drive-thru. And it's like, well, where's the red cup? Well, sorry, we ran out of the red cup at 7.30. Or sorry, yo, yo, at, uh, yo, at 7.30. Well, it's 6 o'clock. Yeah, 7.30 in the morning. Well, like, I want my red cup. Well, then you should have been here at 6 in the morning. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want me to say about that. 
I can't just make one. Well, like, you really ought to give, you know, get more cups so that if I want to come by at 8 o'clock and get my cup, then I can get my cup. That's not how this works. That's not how demand works. That's not supply, demand. That's not how that works. doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Or, like, well, you know, you guys should, uh, should spread those out throughout the day so that people that come later have a chance. Not saying that, like, you describe, but, you know, pick and choose who gets them, like, under what circumstances am I supposed to get to decide who gets a cup and who doesn't? GPA? Looks? Ooh, 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 I have an idea. How about a height limit? And I don't mean you have to be 5'7 and up to get it. I mean you have to be shorter than 5'7 to get it. Why not? Have a little bit of fun. The, you know, people calling and all they want to know is, do you have the cup? Oh, you don't have the cups? Well, like, this is right. I'm going to speak to Starbucks head office. You go right ahead and you do that. <laughs> it's a freaking cup, people. Costs like 12 cents to make. Costs like 8 bucks if they were available for, for purchase. Like, calm down. It's a freaking cup. I don't know. I mean... On one hand, I get it. It drives up a lot of demand, makes a lot of sales. But people's reactions to not getting a freaking cup were just ridiculous. Jeez. <laughs> that was my week. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. It was imagine. like two days later, I'm still getting people angry that they didn't get the cup. I don't care. Like, ma'am, ma'am, I truly don't care. <laughs> um, moving on from that. Speaking of not caring, how about the Maryland uh, uh, recruit that decommitted during the game? He just straight up did not care. Just, you know what? This team is so bad, I don't even need to see the end of this game. I know I'm not coming there anymore. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't really know what Maryland has shown you to commit there. Uh, uh <laughs> He probably committed after week two. Had to, because, man, this football team looks bad. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll really get into that bad. One later, but I just, that was, that was too, too funny. Uh, our guy, Michael Penix Jr., out for the year with an injury. I think at this point, it's just a safe thing to do. To get, I mean, he's a true freshman. He is undersized. He needs to kind of bulk up, get his body ready for the college game. You have Peyton Ramsey, who's more than a capable backup. He's been your starter for two and a half years. Um, you know, so that that's a big blow. But again, uh, whether Ramsey, uh, I mean, Ramsey's uh, got another year of eligibility. He can come back next year or he might transfer out. I, I mean, I don't think he will, but it's a possibility. Um, maybe Mike Penix Jr. just needs another like year or so to just get himself mentally and physically ready. Yeah, I mean, I was even saying, I think maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago, that he just needs to get stronger, you know, in the weight room. And I think a off season where he'll be healthy and, um, you know, kind of prepare his body for the rigors of playing quarterback, especially being a, um, you know, a, a mobile quarterback, because you, you will take hits. Uh, you will take hits in the quarterback position in general, but. You know, they use them sometimes in kind of their run, uh, kind of their running game as well compared to Ramsey, who's just a straight up pocket passer. Um, so Penix, he just needs to get healthy, uh, get 
you know, stronger in the weight room. And I think off season of, you know, once he's healthy from uh, whatever, I think he had surgery. Um, whenever he gets healthy from his injury, you know, and gets back 100%, I think we'll see uh, stronger and maybe even faster Michael Penix. Uh, and uh, the game experience this year is going to be valuable for him next year when he when he officially takes over. Um, but you definitely want to see him get healthy and because uh, he, he makes he makes his Indiana's offense so much more versatile and dangerous. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then the last piece of news, um, man, I haven't seen something like this in a while. Uh, the Michigan State fan base has completely turned on Coach D'Antonio. Uh, they are tweeting at the Michigan State athletic director, begging him to fire Mark D'Antonio because he put out a statement saying that he has no plans to fire Mark D'Antonio. The team is four and five, correct? They're four and five. Uh, I think so. Yeah, so yeah, they're four and five. Uh, they cannot seem to get out of their own way. The team that played Ohio State close for a half is nowhere to be found. The offense. Well, I mean, we'll get more into that in a minute, but like this, this this team is struggling hard, and there's just there's a lot around D'Antonio this year. None of it's really been that good. Um, I I've put out my hot seat rankings again uh, this past you know this week at WholeNineSports.com. I've I've uh, Recommend that you guys check that out. Uh, D'Antonio was on that. Uh, I didn't really need to update a lot since I last wrote it. The team's still not playing great. He still has uh, some splaining to do with the Austin Robertson scandal. Um, you know, it's if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time, I think now is the time, especially when, you know, there are co- there are a lot of good coaches. Mike Norvell from Memphis. There's um, uh, the guy from UCF, Josh Heupel. You know there are a lot of good coaches out on the market that are gonna be looking for you know for a you know more for like that next step job. And I think that Michigan State is that great next step for a coach looking to get into the Power Five at this point because it's not like you're taking over at a Rutgers where it's a doormat. You're taking over at very least most years top six or seven team in the conference hands down almost every year this is just an anomaly but this might be the anomaly that leads d'antonio out the door yeah i think it's time um and this is an attractive program it's not like this is a program where people wouldn't want to be uh like you said this, this isn't a Rutgers job or you know potentially rice um this is michigan state and they have a culture, have a pedigree. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they were <laughs> if they they try to go after Nick Saban. Uh, I mean, I think that could very they could <laughs> very well. That, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of which, did you have you seen like people making petitions about about firing him at Alabama? <laughs> what? There's Why, like they lost LSU. Yeah. Like what? Uh, uh, but anyway, you know he he was a defensive coordinator at uh, Michigan State, correct? He was head coach. Oh, head coach. So he was head coach. 
maybe they try to go get him. But it, just in general, they just need a change. Um, it's the same story, seems like, every year with um, Michigan State. They have a good defense, but the offense isn't good enough. So they might need just an offensive-minded guru to change their philosophy. Because, like, even they're trying to change it a little bit this year, but it's just not working because they don't have the personnel to do it. And the offensive line isn't that great this year. The receivers are dropping passes all over the place. And it just seems like he's not respond. They're not responding to him anymore. Uh, I mean, we're gonna obviously get more dive more into the game. But when you blow a big lead like that at home to a team you've historically pretty much dominated, I mean, man, if the writing is on the wall with that, I don't know what to say, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I put in my um, in my power rankings article uh, this week that uh, when as we jump into the review that this week really delivered. You know, the games that were supposed to be good were good. Uh, there were a couple of surprises. Actually, pretty much the ones that weren't, uh, that weren't like, great were surprising for very different reasons. Let's get into one that was surprising for all of the wrong reasons, eh? So, I took the absolute pessimistic approach of picking Ohio State 63-6 to last week. I undersold it somehow. They whipped that ass. 73-14. to <laughs> My God. Let's put it this way. So, in our whole nine sports fantasy league, at halftime of the game, because of just how much work was being put in by the guys uh, on the Ohio State offense because I had Olave, I had KJ Hill, I had Just Fields. I was projected to score over 250 points. Justin Fields was projected to almost reach 70 on his own. They did not play a snap in the second half because it was already 42 to nothing. The third stringers played the third, sorry, the second stringers played the third quarter. The third and fourth stringers came into the game in the fourth. Ohio State won every single quarter of this game. The but the piece de resistance, the the highlight of this game was nothing that Ohio State did. All right, despite the impressive game by that defense, Malik Harrison, who's one of the more underrated linebackers of this class, had a great game. Um, tough. Borland had a great game. The defense really stepped up with that Chase Young. But the highlight of this game was a Maryland receiver um, <laughs> talking smack after scoring a touchdown to make the score 52-7. <laughs> Bro. Just no. Just no, don't do that. That that that's not smart. Yeah, you just you you can win nothing by doing that, Mike. <laughs> nothing at all. It just like you you're already getting destroyed, and to to really uh, try and mock anybody or celebrate really. I mean, just 
at that point, just hand the ball to ref, you know, give a couple high fives, go back to the sideline, man. You Barry like, Sanders that. You just toss it to the ref and you walk away. You don't do it with your head held high like Barry did. You do it with your head held in shame. Oh, my God. This game was this game was hilarious. This game was absolutely hilarious. And the funny thing is, is that, like, Ohio, sorry, Fox spent an entire week building this game up because this was their noon game. <laughs> So they got to be like, well, you know, last year's game was great, right? Yes, this year's game was great for all of the wrong reasons. Uh, how was it that I worded it in the article, that, uh, in the Power Rankings article? Because I feel like this is one I might need to read out verbatim. Uh, give me a second. I just got to pull it up here. They got hammered, smashed, blown out, steamrolled, smacked around, plus several other ways of saying utterly embarrassed. They just, they, they got just utterly steamrolled. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, there's really not much to say about the game. I mean, we knew it was going to be bad coming in, but not that bad. Um, like I said, 63-6, to six, and I undersold how bad of, of a whooping they were going to be handing out. I mean, shoot, Ohio State plays Rutgers this week, so we can only imagine what's going to happen there. <laughs> uh, should we move on to the fun games? Should we yeah. move on to the fun games? All right. How about Penn State and Minnesota? Just what a game, man. This At no I, point was this game... Like, anything other than just pure amazing. 31-26 to, to 26 Minnesota, by the way. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was the only person in media that picked Minnesota last week. Probably. Um, and I feel really smart. Yeah. I mean, it, you definitely, like, are one of the few people that picked Minnesota. Um, and honestly, I knew, I knew Minnesota was good. I wasn't... My thing was, I never questioned Minnesota. I just felt like Penn State had enough to pull it off, you know. And at the end of the day, they still had a chance to win the game, you know, despite how poorly they played. Um, so from that, I saw a lot of people, like, disrespecting Minnesota, saying, oh, they haven't played anybody. They aren't that good. They're overrated. Uh, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you can only control who is on your schedule, you know. You just have to beat the teams on your schedule. And they finally figure out how to win games convincingly. Like, after the first couple of weeks where they kind of struggled to win, the last three, four games before they played Penn State, they blew out everybody. Uh, and I did find a crazy stat that they play all backup quarterbacks, like in the Big Ten this year, before this game. But, I mean, it really didn't matter because, like, Antoine Winfield Jr., man, he, he is special. He's he might, he just might sneak into the first round come in, come April, because he he's just that good, you know. Um, man, another two interceptions for him. I believe now he definitely is the nation's leader in interceptions. He locked down Fryermuth. He locked down KJ Hamler. And I have a question for you, because again, you you you're around this team a lot more than I am. What was up with with Penn State's play calling? Because I mean, Antoine Winfield has picked you off twice. And you just continue to throw the ball to whoever he's covering, or like, what was with these goal, these red zone fades to a five foot eight KJ Hamler? 
honestly, I don't even know what's up, what was up with the play calling because like it was just bad. Uh, and honestly, the people Winfield was guarding are the most dependable receivers with Firemuth and KJ Hamler because like the other receivers dropped everything on Saturday. Like they had a touchdown dropped. Actually, they had about two touchdowns dropped by other receivers not named Firemuth or Hamler. Uh, and so at the end of the day, they had to keep like going to Firemuth and Hamler because everybody else wouldn't produce. And the the red zone play calling was horrendous. And I just think they got were trying to get too cute with the play calling. Like, why are you throwing a fade to Hamler? I just never understood that. Like they did it twice, like consecutive red zone possessions. Like he who unless it's a back shoulder fade, he's not gonna jump over anybody and catch the ball. That's just not his game. He he is a get me the ball in space and let me work type of guy. He's not a guy that's gonna go up and snag over you or moss or whatever you want to call it. That's Pat Frymuth. But at the same time, you have to be better at play calling. Like one of the possessions, they ran the ball three straight times. Like it it just didn't make sense. Uh, and that's what pretty much lost in the game. I mean, they had two what, three chances in the red zone that they just couldn't convert on? I mean, you if you miss if you miss out on those opportunities, if you don't score touchdowns the way Minnesota was scoring in that first half, man, it could have got real ugly. And luckily for them, their defense had some semblance of competence in the secondary because they were blowing coverages left and right. And they Minnesota was RPOing them to death. <laughs> like Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman were like eating all day on slants. Oh like, yeah. yeah, both of them I think had over 150. Bateman had over 200. Like they were like eating all day on like the RPO. You can't stop it if you can't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run in the first half, so they were just RPO and them, RPO and them. And man, it it was a great game. I think this is the best game the Big Ten has had all year, uh, just in terms of. Quality of play, offenses just slug, slugging it out. That first quarter was great. Like, both teams scored on both of their possessions. And, what, 14-10 after the first quarter? Uh, it was it was a great game. Um, honestly, it, it was a game coming in. I felt like anybody could win, and that's exactly what it came down to, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I was sitting there watching the uh, the end of the game live, and I'm, I'm tweeting out, like, Minnesota going to blow this? Like, I actually thought that Penn State was going to come back on them. But, you know, another interception. Sean Clifford had thrown three picks all season. He throws three in this one. Penn State drops. I mean, just just what a game, man. Another great game was Iowa and Wisconsin. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is back in business. No touchdowns, but 250 yards on the, on the ground. Jack Cohn stepped up when it mattered and was able to actually pat, you know, throw the ball with some confidence. Um, Nate Stanley looked okay, too. Uh, this was a surprisingly higher-scoring game than either of us thought it was going to be. Um, but it was just it was really good. We saw A.J. Epineza get a strip sack. That was honestly all he did in the entire game. Literally, because... Not do anything. It literally had one tackle, and that was the one tackle. <laughs> and it was in the, it was like first drive of the game, and then he just like 
went away. Yeah, I don't even know, man. I I just can't explain it. Like it just doesn't. It it, it concerns me because like his measurables, he's probably going to test real well at the combine. If we're being honest, he's going to test well. Yeah. But when when you look at the tape, you just can't find him. Like he he disappears for like games at a time. Like he'll make a big play and then like he'll just go back to just being blocked, you know, and it's it, it just crazy. He couldn't be blocked last year. I don't know if it's like they have tape on him now and they know his weaknesses. But, I mean, last time I heard something from him, it was like the Penn State game where he, like, bullied, like, a, one of Penn State's offensive linemen, and that was, like, three yeah. weeks ago. So oh, I yeah. It, it's been a while since I heard anything about AJ Epinesa. I think, And, again, they've had a bye week in there, but, like, he just most of this year has done nothing. But, I mean, again, another great game. Wisconsin pulled it out 24-22. to uh, So, Wisconsin, they're still technically alive for the conference championship race. Um, Iowa, not really. I think they're, they're pretty much I think, dead I think right they now. might actually be mathematically eliminated because they only have, I think they only have two games left. But, and they have to face, Minnesota, I think they have to face Minnesota and another one of the the, the higher level teams on the conference that they're 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 not really in it but I mean Wisconsin they're technically still in it speaking of still in it Purdue staving off bowl elimination again game winning field goal against Northwestern Northwestern scored points they scored touchdowns even Den- Devin um but, I mean, Jeff Brom continues to flex his muscles, showing up for bigger schools, especially now with jobs like Arkansas being available. I think that's a job where he could possibly, uh, you know, throw his name in the ring for that one. Uh, Northwestern still sucks. Um, you got anything to add on this one? Because uh, I, I, I slept through most of this. Yeah, I mean, dog. Third string quarterback, man, and you can't find a win way to win against them. Like, what, what, what are you supposed to say to the AD in a meeting? What can you say? You can't even say like injuries are derailing your season. Like, maybe you're starting quarterback, but he's been gone since week one. Like, come on, man. Like, they're <laughs> like their they their defense is still intact. I mean, the running back is still there. Receivers are there. I mean. I, you just what can you say about this team, man? I mean, there are bad teams. They are historically bad this year, like historically bad. Because like, it's not like they don't have talent. Like they can, they played with Wisconsin. You know, pretty much every game since like the Ohio State game, they've been in. Like I'm pretty sure they could have beat a, a they could have beat Nebraska. I mean, good lord, man, like. <laughs> This could be a team with like at least four wins. They could be just in a running still, but they they have like no shot right now, and it, it has to be the coaching, because Jeff Brom has nothing, and he's still pulling out wins. Northwestern literally has most of their roster intact, and they can't win football games. They just can't. They just don't have it, and it's there are still players from last year's team that went to the Big Ten championship game. I wonder how they feel this year. Like they're they're just bad, 
you know, um, I was searching, and you know, there are there are actually Northwestern fans that have become so blinded due to the recent success of Northwestern that saying things like, "Well, fat," you know, you know, picking out articles from like CBS Sports that mention like Pat Fitzgerald uh, on the hot seat. Well, you know. That's ridiculous. If he had, like, another two or three seasons like this, then we could maybe talk about his seat getting warm. You're one in eight. You haven't... I mean, this was... In your last five games, you've scored a combined 38 points. In five games. Combined. 38 points. This was the first time scoring more than, uh, ten in, I believe, almost two full months. In, like, the time we've been doing this podcast, they have, I believe, only put up more than 14, more than 10 points, like, twice. I'm actually going to double-check this. I believe we started... uh, We started after the... Um, Wisconsin game, right? I think so, yeah. So that was 15 points. Then they scored 10. Then they scored 3. Then they scored nothing. Then they scored 3. Then they scored 22. <laughs> I mean, they have scored more than 10 points. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 times in 10 games. That's more than 10. Jeez. That's awful. Yeah, like, and and again, you know, the Stanford game held them close, only gave up seventeen. Then you have games like, I mean, Nebraska was a thirteen to ten snore fest, but I mean, the defense kept them in it against Wisconsin, Nebraska, uh, Iowa, because that was only twenty to nothing. But and obviously Purdue because they were winning for quite a bit of the game. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get how anyone can be like. Oh, yeah, he's still doing a great job this year. He's still doing a great job this year. He's just, you know, throwing his players, the fans, the broadcasters, the refs, the hot dogs, you know, stand guy. They're all responsible for the loss, but not Pat. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, it's... I don't see how Northwestern... Their leading passer for the season only has 684 yards. I don't know how the... QB rating of 25.2. Aiden Smith got his season total for touchdowns up to three this week. Up to three. He threw two touchdowns this week. This is not even like it's a true freshman. He's a junior. I just don't know what they do, man, when they prepare for these games. I will honestly love to be a fly on the wall and hear what their game plan is. Because, like, every week it's like the quarterback play just sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It just sucks. It just flat out sucks. I and mean, it sucks the energy right out of us because we have to talk about it. Like, I don't understand how the AD can look, He's how he's going to look at the end of the season into this man's face and say, yep, you can come back another year when Jeff Brom is doing what he's doing. Because Purdue is the perfect like for all the coaches in the Big Ten, they're like sticking around forever or whatever. 
show show them the Purdue what they're doing this year, and you can't tell me that there's no way they can win games. Like if, if you look at the roster before this, like like if you just looked at the players on the injury roster for um, Purdue, and you see how many people are out, you're like, there's no chance they're winning. But here we are. They're still winning. So I don't know what else to say about Northwestern, man. Yeah, this uh, just, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of sick of talking about this team. I'm glad that. I'm I'm glad that the season's almost over so I can stop talking about it. I'm hoping that the next time I have to talk in depth about Northwestern, it's about coaching vacancy. Um Illinois and Michigan State, man, thirty seven thirty four. How did Illinois come back in this game? They were down twenty eight to three in the second quarter. Uh surprise, surprise, Michigan State's wide receivers and their inability to catch the football comes back to haunt them. It was an interception that sparked the comeback. Interception that sealed it. Got Illinois like right back into it. And then a game-winning touchdown throw. Brandon Peters went out of his mind in this game. Uh, Josh Eman-Torbebe with another huge game. Uh, he's a nice uh, big target for that offense. The running game for Illinois could not get going. But Brandon Peters, have a day, young man. Man, you want to talk about a quarterback like finally doing something like there were games where he had like less than a hundred yards passing and they still like, I think I guess Wisconsin, he only had like a hundred and like 20 yards passing and he's, they still won. Uh, man, you got, you got to give it up for Lovey Smith, man. He, he finally found something that worked and he's winning football games finally. Uh, and they're going bowling, which is crazy. Um, cause I, I remember when we first started this podcast, they were on that losing streak. We're like, I don't know if this team's going to win another game this year. Man, they shut me up. You know, he definitely shut me up. Um, I, I Honestly, I, I really, I'm really starting to like this Illinois team. Like, everything about them makes you want to, to go for them, you know? Like, the defense is playing out of their minds. They have four turnovers. They forced four turnovers. Uh, had a pick six. Um had a couple interceptions, uh, forced a fumble. I mean, they're playing out of their mind right now. Um, and that's really the only reason they got back in the game because of their defense, even though they gave up 28 points in the first half. Um, you know, Dele Harding had another solid game for their defense. And they were without Jake Hansen, one of their top linebackers, and Olawale Batiku, he still hadn't come back from an injury. Um, so they had some injuries coming in, and they still, you know, outperformed Michigan State, especially in that second half. And again, once again, the inconsistencies for Michigan State's offense rear its ugly head again. I mean, this offense finally got things going after the second half of the Ohio State game that happened like a month ago. Like, good God. Like, they were so bad. And then finally, they looked good. They were running the ball. You know, the receivers are actually catching the ball. And then Everything like late in that second quarter, everything went down, down the drain. Uh, they threw a pick in the end zone. Josh Imater Bebe, he caught a, a hail mary at the end of the half, and then from then Illinois had the momentum. And this looked ex- a lot like the Michigan Illinois game uh, a couple weeks ago, where Illinois just came out on fire in the second half. 
Um, and man, imagine how we would be talking about this Illinois team if they pulled off that game against Michigan. You know, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's great for Illinois, but you know, as we alluded to at the beginning of the show, Michigan State, man, uh, it's oof, it's not looking good. Fans are calling for D'Antonio's job. Um, the team just quit. They just quit on the coach in the second half. I mean, offense looked exactly how they looked most of the season, inept. Receivers dropping passes. Defense get, defense giving up big chunk plays. And at the end of the day, man, it that might be the game that puts the AD over the top and like, damn, you know, we lo- we're losing to Illinois. You know, no well, disrespect. No disrespect to Illinois, but I mean, good lord! I mean, it's they're not they don't have the near the talent that Michigan State has or the pedigree they have, and they lost. I mean, that's two big that's that's two historic teams losing to Illinois. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, that that's a me- that's a mess that's got to be figured out another time. Um, what do you say we preview th- this week's games? Yeah, let's go for it. Because there, there's six on tap. There seems to be more and more by the week now. Uh, starting off, Indiana at Penn State. Uh, Indiana is 7-2, and two, but they have faced absolutely nobody in those wins. Their highest profile win was against 4-5 and five in Nebraska. Uh, they just have not beaten anyone at all, all season. So... Are they legit? We'll find out this week as Penn State bounces back from, well, quite frankly, a kind of demoralizing loss when you think about it to Penn State, uh, to, sorry, to Minnesota, the game that they should have really won. But, I mean, in, Indiana has beaten Ball State, Eastern, in, uh, Eastern Illinois, Yukon, Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the resume doesn't look too good. Um, I mean, it's it's either way it goes. It's going to be tough. I mean, they have the athletes to really compete, but that I'm really worried about their defense. Um, and if they're not able to force turnovers, uh, they're they're not like a defense where they get multiple stops and games. Oh no, they are not. Um, they get turnovers and that's kind of how they, they thrive off of, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to really expect from their defense in this game. Uh, and then like on the flip side, you know, Penn state has some soul searching to do. I mean, they got to figure out a solid game plan offensively when, once they get in the red zone, cause you just got to come away with touchdowns. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, and this is – they can't – I mean, after what happened last week, uh, and then they got Penn, Ohio State on the horizon next week, I mean, they definitely can't look forward past this game. Uh, this is a much-improved Indiana team than they last played a couple years ago. Uh, they can score points. So, if Penn State has come away with field goals again, and they uh, – you know, they go down, you know, maybe 14-3, 14-6 in a game. 
that then we're really going to see how they respond. Like I said, like I said, probably a couple of weeks ago, this is a team I expected to be good next year. They have a bunch yeah, of sure. they have a bunch of sophomores right now that's playing and freshmen, uh, and some juniors that will probably come back as well. So this is a young team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from really a heartbreaking loss that can ultimately keep them out of the playoff discussion, especially if they're not able to keep up with Ohio State next week. Penn State. Yeah, I'm saying I'm, – I'm talking about Penn State saying Instead they're not able to keep yeah, up yeah. with Ohio State next oh, week. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so let's pick this game. Who you got? Uh, I'll pick Penn State. Um, I think they bounce back against Indiana. Uh, I don't. I think it's another ugly win. A lot of their wins are ugly this year. They just don't have the offensive consistency. Like they get big plays, but they don't. They can't sh- like continuously string together long drives. Uh, I'm picking Pitt State in this one, uh, 27 to 20. I think this one's going to be high scoring, uh, just because. Penn State's uh, uh, offense can put up points. Indiana's defense can't really stop anyone unless it's Northwestern or, like, a directional school. Um, we're probably looking at an Indiana offense that can still put up points. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I'm going to pick Penn State 35-26. Gotcha. Uh, moving on to our next one, we got Wisconsin at Nebraska. Um, man, this was supposed to be a game that we were excited about at the beginning of the year because Nebraska was supposed to be like a really good team. They're four and five. They're really not. They're not terrible. They're just, they're not bad. They're not good. They're just kind of average. Uh, they don't really have a lot that can stop the running game. We'll probably see Jonathan Taylor run them over. I think that Wisconsin's defense can bottle up Adrian Martinez. I'm going to pick Wisconsin in this one 24-10. Yeah, I got Wisconsin winning this one as well. Uh, I'll, I'll say like 21-7, to seven, honestly. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not really gonna be a, a very fun one to watch. Speaking of, I, I mean, what it what has been fun is watching Michigan. Sorry, is watching Fox pretend like I should care about Michigan State and Michigan. Um, especially given that like Michigan had such a terrible start to the season, it's really turned their season around. Whereas Michigan State, we we both said that they were the better team at the beginning of the year. And they definitely don't look like it now. Uh, no. Can Lewerke get back on track? Can these receivers catch? Is is Lewerke like a sitting duck against this great defense? Like oh, most most back? certainly, most certainly, he definitely is. The offensive line is not good. Uh, receivers have a hard time getting separation. Daryl Stewart is out right now. That's the, like their best receiver. Um, Cody White had a decent game last game, but it's just not, no. Uh, Lewerke is like, I feel like he's probably just checked out right now. I mean, even when he makes good throws, the receivers just have terrible hands. I mean, they're just bouncing off of his hands. So, like, 
at this point, it's a mixture of bad Lewerke. Like, he had a really bad fumble. Uh, I forgot to mention that against Illinois. Like, he went to go pick up a snap that he bobbled. And, like, he tried to pick it up on the run and, like, missed it. <laughs> so, Illinois recovered. So, I'm starting to see some of bad Lewerke again. Uh, I feel like he's trying to overcompensate right now for pretty much a, a terrible offensive line and receivers that aren't helping him out. So he's just literally just forcing things right now. Uh, Michigan has a really good defense. I think they'll get home for at least four or five sacks in this game. I don't think we see a couple years ago type of deal where Michigan fumbles a punt and <laughs> loses on the last play of the game. Um, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think Michigan rolls in this one uh, 31 to 10. I'm um, picking Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to say 31 to 10 as well. Uh, I just I'm I'm out on on Michigan State. They're really going to struggle for a bowl game. Remember, I tried to defend them after the Ohio State game. I tried to defend the worky. Then I picked the, them to upset Wisconsin. And then they got blown out 38 to zero. After that blowout, man, I was just done with them. I mean. And then Bocce is done. Uh, I'm glad Kenny Willikis is getting some good film right now. Because at this point, he's just playing for his NFL future at this point. Um, and I re- I feel really bad for him. And the crazy thing is I just found out he was a walk-on. Yeah. He was a walk-on on the football he's, team. He's really, he's, he's really got a long way in his time there. But Spartan fans, if you want to know who's responsible for the absolute turnaround of your season, it is Devin because he jinxed them. So that's what we learned today. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm just out of Michigan State, and there you can add them to a list of teams I'm tired of talking about. I mean, they make a bowl game fine, but I just don't they see don't, it right I, now. I still don't care. Um. I'm not entirely sure how to tackle this name, Devin. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Part of my language, uh, and again, uh, we've really tried to cut down on the cussing, but it, it's necessary here. How the fuck is Northwestern favored by 40? Who picks favored these? by 40. Who picks these spreads, they man? They haven't scored thirty a combined 38 points in... in in like six weeks and they're favored by 40 now i get it it's umass and if we're looking at umass's schedule and believe me this is this is some funny shit. this is some funny funny numbers man 48 to 21 that was to rutgers they lost that one uh southern illinois Beat them 45 to 20. Charlotte beat them 52 to 17. Coastal Carolina beat them 62 to 28. They beat Akron, but still gave up 29 points. Uh, That is the least amount of points they've given up all season. They lost uh, 44 to nothing to Florida Atlantic. Sorry, Florida International. They lost 69 to 21 to Louisiana Tech. UConn beat them 56 to 35. Liberty beat them 63 to 21. And 
Army beat them 63-7. to Jeez. So, like, believe me, there's, like, maybe one or two of those teams where you'd be like, yeah, you know what, they could probably put up. So, like, Army putting up 63 points is a no. Definitely. But, I mean, you can't tell me that this Northwestern team is is is, is going to score 40 points in this game, let alone win by 40. Um, I think they'll win. Give them that much. I, I think they'll win, and I think that they will win by means of blowout. But we're not talking, like, 35-plus points. We're talking, like, 24 to nothing. Yeah, I was thinking, like, probably, like, uh, 35-7. Probably something like that. Oh, for the love of... Oh, my God. Sorry, I mean, I'm a Raptors fan. We're... This is being recorded on Monday, Raptors versus Clippers. We're already without Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and now OG Ananobi is out for the game. Oh, Lord. We literally have, like, uh, we we about to get 40 minutes from Rondé, Hollis-Jefferson, and Stanley Johnson. College stars. NBA flops. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways... Yeah, I, I, I don't care about this game. I really don't care about this game. Uh, Two straight laughers, man. Ohio State and Rutgers. Dog. Jesus. If they beat uh, Maryland seventy-three to fourteen, what are they gonna do to Rutgers? Uh, I said in the power rankings article this week, Devin, that if. Uh, if Rutgers loses by less than 59 points, they will leapfrog Maryland in the rankings. I don't even know what to pick the final score to be. <laughs> Here's the thing, is that Rutgers still lost to Maryland by like 48 nothing or something ridiculous like that. Or 48-7. Like they... Oh my god. So, who do you got in this one? I got... Hell no. I got I got Ohio State, man. Uh, Ohio State by a million. <laughs> I gotta check something. I wanna see what is the most points scored in an NCAA football game. <laughs> Oh my god. Isn't it like uh, 176 or something like that? I want to see by one team, but they're probably going to show me. Well, I mean, the, the highest scoring game ever was last year was Texas A&M and LSU at 74 to 72. Uh... Duh. Screw it. If they put up 73 on Maryland, Rutgers' defense is worse than Maryland's. Devin, I can't believe I'm about to say this to you. I really can't. We're going to see a team this year crack 80 points in a game. 80? Well, I mean, Maryland hung 79. Penn State hung 79. Ohio State hung 73 on Maryland. 
I'm going to say that there are 12 touchdowns scored in this game, and they're all by Ohio State. I'm going to pick them. I think they get a field goal in there as well. Uh, how's 87 to 10 sound? <laughs> that sound oh, about right my to God. That sound about right to you? I don't even know if that's mathematically possible. I know, like, math-wise it works, but I don't know if there's actually enough time in a ball game for that to actually happen. Well, my reason for picking, like, how State to score, like, 56 last week was because they will run the ball out, but they kept scoring. Like, they Maryland couldn't stop them, and Rutgers definitely doesn't have nowhere near the talent Maryland has, and <laughs> my God, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to just take it safe here, man. I'm going to go 63-7. to seven. <laughs> um, when that's the safe option, I, I just I don't know, man. I just can't see Ohio State running like. I just I just don't see them. Honestly, they could probably take a knee every play in the second half and still win by seventy. <laughs> you ever taken a knee and still somehow scored a touchdown out of it? Like <laughs> they they will probably do that because uh, Rutgers would probably get like a personal foul. Because honestly, this game is gonna get real disrespectful. It's gonna get it's gonna get real disrespectful. Honestly, I don't know how the players are gonna take it, man. Dude, dude, this is two straight weeks where I've like I said sixty three to six against Maryland. I just upped the eighty by saying that Ohio State would score eighty seven points in a game. I don't even think their basketball team has done that in a couple of years. Man, uh. I just you just have to feel bad for Rutgers right now because they still stopped like Penn State in the last game of the season. Oh god, for them. No, it just keeps getting worse. Uh so Woo Uh Yeah. Yeah, I still can't believe I just gave that score prediction, but I mean it is what it is. And then a game that should be fun. It's Minnesota at Iowa. This is another big test for the Gophers. Uh, last week, they got the advantage of playing at home. Now they have to travel on the road. Kinnick Stadium is not an easy stadium to play in. Iowa is still a good team. I still think Minnesota takes this one. What about you? Uh, I think I'm going to pick Minnesota. I think it's going to be a really tough game. And part of me wanted to pick Iowa because it seems like every year they get somebody at Kinnick Stadium. Like, they'll upset somebody, you know. Um, but at this point, I don't really see it. Um, I don't think they – plus, this isn't this isn't a night game either. They got Iowa, uh, like, projected to they – got, they got the spread at two and a half for Iowa. Um, I, I just don't. I don't believe Iowa has enough to to stop Minnesota. I mean, their receivers are monsters, like just straight up monsters. I mean, nobody can guard Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman man to man the entire game and lock them down. It, it's just not happening, you know. Um, I think Minnesota will probably struggle in with the running game, but. As they've shown, they can dice people up through there. I mean, they do. Tanner Morgan had 320 yards passing against Penn State. Uh, missed only two passes. I mean, Iowa's pass defense really hasn't been tested like that this year, if we're being honest. 
the teams they played, they haven't faced a, a potent attack. Uh, and they played like Purdue was like their most potent attack. And Purdue was able to get some points up on them. So I expect Minnesota to score probably uh, a decent amount of points. I think they'll probably win this one uh, 35 to 20. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit closer than that. I think Minnesota could probably take this one. Uh, and Iowa's defense can, can keep them in it. I'm going to say 24 to 20. Uh, but I, I don't really feel confident that I was going to be able to, like, th- there's no real threat from Iowa to be able to take this. Well, well yeah, because, um, like, Nate Stanley, he's just, like, okay. You know, he'll make a few big throws in a game every now and then. But, uh, I mean, if it get, becomes a track meet, then Iowa's not going to win. I'm just, oh, hell no. If, if Minnesota comes out and scores two touchdowns on both their opening drives, it's this not gonna it's not gonna be a pretty game. They just don't have a explosive enough offense. That's where like Penn State had the advantage because they have an explosive offense. Um and they could withstand like Minnesota like throwing haymakers. Iowa and Wisconsin do not. So if they don't control like the line of scrimmage, it's gonna be a long day for them. So, you have to watch out for what Iowa can bring because Minnesota, um, they can score quickly and score in bunches. For sure, man. I mean, this should be uh, this can be a lot for us to talk about next week because I mean, again, we'll find out if Indiana's for real. We'll probably find out whether or not Michigan State has any chance of making a bowl game. We'll have to talk about Northwestern and probably winning a game, but doesn't matter if they beat UMass. Uh, it bet the under uh, on points scored in that game and bet on UMass to cover the spread. Uh, does Ohio State commit uh, an actual crime against humanity with what they do to Rutgers? Uh, and then Minnesota, are they still going to be you know coming off a hangover? Uh, with the the win against Penn State. So uh, stay tuned for that next week, guys. Uh, Till next week, I am Mike Hernishan. You can find me on Twitter at MikeSpencerWNS. Devin, where can the people find you? Uh, RealD underscore Jackson on Twitter. Um, Follow both of us. Follow the Big Shots podcast at uh, at B1GShots. Is it just Big Shots or is it just Big no, Shots? Big Shots podcast. Okay. There's podcasts yeah. at the end. So big. Uh, follow Whole Nine Sports at Whole Nine Sports. Follow our work on WholeNineSports.com. All that good stuff. And until next time, guys, take it easy.